the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoshio Podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. A couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoshio. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast calling for... Uh, some sunshine the rest of the afternoon, windy, uh, low down to 40 eventually this evening with clear skies, kind of cloudy tomorrow, high of 59. Phils beat the Nationals 8-2 last night, running their record of 4-0 for the first time in over 100 years. Bryce Harper with uh, three hits, home run, part of that 458-foot shot. Those are the kind I like to hit when I play softball. You know, Joe, those long... What are you laughing about? Oh, 458. I was thinking of four and a half. Gene Chigurh had several hits and several ribbies. Michael Franco with a home run. It's all good. That was yesterday. They're playing this afternoon right now, and they're trailing 6-4 in the eighth inning. But they'll catch up. They don't lose. They're 4-0. They can't lose, right? And Bryce Harper's on pace to hit like 120 home runs. So we're good. Sixers are at Atlanta this evening at 730. Flyers lost last night to Dallas. And... uh, For those who are into hoops, uh, Russell Westbrook, 20 points, 20 rebounds, 21 assists. That's a very, very, very special triple-double. Only the second time in NBA history that someone's had double digits in points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, It happens, but it's not like in the 20 level. Have 20 in all categories only happened once before when Wilt Chamberlain did it many years ago. So that's kind of cool that that happened. Russell Westbrook, a fierce competitor, and uh, formerly uh, with Oklahoma City Thunder for a lot of years. And in any case, let's jump into our uh, our program here as we bring on Shane Pruitt, who is the author of a brand new book called Nine Common Lies That Christians Believe." And uh, hello, Shane. How are you, man? Hey, Tim. How are you? It's an honor to be on. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Before we go any further, are you a sports fan? We just came out of a little sports report there. I am. I was about to say, you know, it hurts my heart to have to follow that intro because, you know, we have the range. I'm in I'm in Texas, and I'm in the Dallas area, so we have the Rangers and the Mavericks. Wow. So it's been a little rough for us, you know, <laughs> when you think of baseball and basketball. Yeah. Historically, <laughs> they've had some high moments, but it's been it's been a while. So Yeah, that's right. That's we have a little right. common thread. Yeah. You had Cole Hamels there for a while. He was a World Series hero here, then he wound up going there, and now he's in Chicago. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yeah. And then we had the little stint, you know, uh, where we were in the World Series twice, lost to the Giants, then lost to the Cardinals. That's but we right. were there, you but were we did lose. Super <laughs> close, too. That's that's always a challenge to recover from from such a close, almost, you know, success. But in any case, that's right. yeah. Well, you've had this book out, and for starters, I love the cover. And uh, like I love the color of the cover, but then of course let's get into the book. It's like an orangey, brownish. I guess it's orange, right? It's kind of a darker orange. Yeah, yeah, kind of a kind of a mustard orange, yellowish. Yeah, yeah. St- yeah. It stands uh-huh. out. Nine common lies Christians believe, uh, and why God's truth is infinitely better. Um, 
And you, the story behind why this book came about is pretty interesting. Can you start just by mentioning your family's journey through some of the challenges you had and, and, and how the book came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I always like to say, you know, I love, um, I work for a convention of churches, and so I love being able to travel and speak full-time, working with churches and pastors. But my primary ministry is my family. I have a wonderful wife named Casey. We have five kids that are 12 and under, so Tim, that is a prayer request. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our, our oldest two daughters are uh, biological, uh, 12 and, and 7. And then we have a six-year-old son adopted from Uganda, uh, then we have a three-year-old son adopted from here in Texas and a 21-month-old daughter adopted from here in Texas. Our six-year-old son from Uganda has a, a lot of special needs. He's in a wheelchair, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, suffers from seizures every day. He's been with us for six years. Um, he's had 12 surgeries in and out of the hospital, constant doctor visits, therapies, uh, battling with insurance, all those things. And you know, through that time, very well, many people, people that we love and adore and total strangers will say, you know, God won't give you more than you can handle. Or they'd say, hey, you know what the Bible says? God won't give you more than you can handle. And of course, it's like, that's not biblical at all. That's not in the Bible. And so over time, I began to kind of make a list of these one-liners, cliches that we have, a lack of a better term, have adopted into our our. Christianity, uh, baptized them, and made them a part of our Christian vernacular that aren't even necessarily biblically true, that they're actually lies uh, that will hold us back in our faith. And so each chapter covers one of those cliches, and then what is God's biblical response to those? Um, Because, you know, typically you share one of these cliches, well, many people do, to someone who's struggling, right? You take that one, God won't give you more than you handle. You usually don't say that to someone who's having the best day of their life. You usually share it with someone who's struggling. And what's going to get us through those dark nights of the soul is God's Word and His truth and not some little cliche that's not even biblically true. Absolutely. Yeah, Shane Pruitt is the author of Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. I think, uh, I think the, like the first one you mentioned there, that God won't give you more than you can handle. People are mixing it up with the passage in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, right? Where it says there's no temptation yeah, that, that, yep. that sees you except what's common to man and God is faithful. He will provide a way out. So God won't yes. let you be tempted beyond what you can bear is different than God won't give you more than you can handle. <laughs> so Yeah, great. Yeah, great response. And Tim, you know, even in that verse, you know, I love that verse, you know, and it says, no temptation is overtaking you, it's not coming to man, I'll let you be attempted beyond your ability. But right in the middle of that are three very important words. God is faithful. Mm-hmm. So even in that, you're still ultimately depending on God to be faithful. You're depending on him to offer you a way out. So even in that, it's not about what you can endure, what you can handle. It's about what he can handle through you. Yeah. So the book, uh, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, was uh, kind of originated from the was it the adoption process then of your son and and kind of as people were rallying around and saying well-meaning things that was that kind of the genesis of of how absolutely yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah and and so yeah through that you know just hearing different things said to us you know during that once again by well-meaning people we just kind of created a list of one-liners cliches that we as Christians just kind of regurgitate and throw out, and well, and they're not even biblically true. It's good to know that you followed your heart and wrote the book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I believed in myself and did it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of the others that are in there. Well, when you yeah. when you hear the, the follow your heart one, uh, you know, again, it's not that some of these things are are like bad or like the complete opposite of the Bible, but they're just like off enough to say, well, 
you know, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the mm-hmm. desires of your heart. Why? Because you're delighting yourself in him and then his desires exactly. become ours. Not So it's not like he doesn't want us to have desires or dreams, but he also knows a lot better than we do about the whole picture. So. Yeah, no doubt. Great point. Yeah. And you know, in the heart, we know in the Bible, uh, you know, in the the Hebrew meaning of the heart, the Greek meaning, original languages of the Bible, literally your heart is your emotions, the center of your being, your desires, your feelings. And so when people say follow your heart, literally that means follow your emotions, follow your feelings, follow your desires. And I think that's exactly what culture means when, when they say it. But uh, we know if we follow our, our emotions and feelings, uh, we're going to follow them right into a ditch because those things can change with a phone call. They change with circumstances. Um, and so we need to follow someone bigger and better than our heart and our feelings, and that's the Lord. And when we lay our feelings across God's Word, it's not that our feelings are are necessarily bad. Our feelings can be a tool to love the Lord. I mean, God, uh, Jesus said that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But when we lay our feelings across God's Word, anytime our feelings don't line up with God's Word, it's not God's Word that needs to change. It's our feelings. And so we're still depending on God to lead our heart and the Holy Spirit to lead our heart and the Word of God to lead our heart. Yeah. yeah. Shane Pruitt is our guest. We're going to take a short break and come back and continue our conversation. The book is called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. Uh, by the way, we have a couple copies to hand out, so if you'd like to win one, send me a quick text when you get a second, just your first and last name, and uh, the number nine will do. We'll make it really easy for you. First and last name and the number nine. I'll know that's what you're texting in about. Back with Shane Pruitt, author of Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, in just a moment on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 414, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. We actually had a listener screening of that last night, totally free to Rewards Club members. If you're not a Rewards Club member, you can go to WFIL.com, jump in real quick, and you get uh, invitations to things like that. In fact, we have another movie screening coming up uh, a week from last night, six days from now. You can find out about that at WFIL.com. We do other prizes and contests. It's just called the Rewards Club. It's nice and easy, and it's low-maintenance, and uh, you can win all kinds of things and uh, feel part of the WFIL family in that way. So help yourself to that, and hopefully we'll get a chance to see you at a, an event soon. Uh, continue our conversation now with Shane Pruitt. He has written a book called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, and we've kind of tapped on a couple of them and, and mentioned uh, follow your heart and uh, uh, what was it, believe in yourself. What are a couple of the other ones that maybe some of them came to mind really easily for you that you found as you were writing this book? Yeah, definitely. Some of the more popular ones, obviously, are the ones that you said, uh, follow your heart, uh, believe in yourself, uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. Uh, what about this one? Uh, when a loved one dies, God gains another angel. Um, or, you know, uh, God just wants me to be happy. Sometimes you'll even hear people use that as a justification uh, for their actions. Um, another one of my favorites was, uh, I can never forgive that person and really unpack what forgiveness means. And so those were some of the ones that just came so quickly, you know, as we started writing these down. And, and uh, not too long ago, somebody said, well, hey, if there was a tenth one, what would it be? And I think I just rattled off ten more. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's, a, there's never a short supply of cliches that we say that don't necessarily line up with Scripture. Yeah, I, I don't know if you uh, are familiar with the uh, Christian music group, the Katinas, but uh, mm-hmm. they're yeah. they're you know they're brothers and they uh, they they've been in this area a lot of times, including at Calvary Chapel of Philadelphia many times, and they've done some in studios with us, 
and they get comments all the time on their demeanor. Uh, using the people will say, "You guys are so nice. You're just the nicest guys." <laughs> and uh, one of the Katinas one time just said to me, "You know, I really wish people would stop saying that. I wish they would say you if they're going to say something, say we're very kind." Because that's what the, the yeah. Bible says to be kind, but there's yeah. no verse in Scripture that says be be ye nice. And it, yeah, right. That, right. You're not splitting hairs here. If you're training your children up, say, be nice to your brother. Where does it say that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Or yeah, you know, or the one that my mom and grandmother used to tell me when I was a kid: uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. You yeah, know? and it's mainly to make me clean my room. Right. You know? <laughs> that's an extra Revelations <laughs> chapter too. Yeah, opinions four thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I know, and I know. And again, t- tell us about your son because this the book. Uh, you know, it, yeah. I think it's a great um, reminder. Regardless, it's, you have nine common lies Christians believe, and you mm. and you delve into those. But as you mentioned, there are many other things that, especially with the rush of information flying around, you can start to hear things and just kind of accept it because it's said so many times or presented so many times. But um, so going back to what does the Bible actually say about that? Put your nose in there and dig and take some time and get dirty and all that. But but share again a little bit of the backstory with your son, uh, because obviously that's it's a real human being who this is this kind of was birthed out of. Mm, yeah, yeah. So our son, Titus, uh, he's been uh, he'll turn seven this November. Uh, he was six years or he was six months old when he when he came home with us and. And, uh, you know, when we were in country, and we do a lot of uh, missions work and ministry in, in Uganda and the Congo, and when we were in country with him, uh, we knew that he had some special needs. We knew that he had some things going on. And, uh, but it wasn't until we got back to the States, and he uh, literally, we landed one day. The very next day, uh, we check him into Children's Hospital here in Dallas, and he's in there for four days. And they're running tests on him. And I'll, I'll never forget, I think it was day two or three, uh, the neurologist comes in uh, he into our room. He turns the TV off. He pulls the chair in front of us. He looks right at us, and you know it's serious then. And he goes, uh, after a test, we realize that these, these shaking spells are actually seizures. Your son's having uh, over 30 seizures a day. Uh, he's got epilepsy, cerebral palsy, and uh, it really hit us, you know, because that's not necessarily what we were expecting. And, um, you know, uh, when you go through the adoption process, you fill out a lot of paperwork trainings. One of the pieces of paper that you fill out is literally a checklist of things that you're open to and not open to. And almost nearly everything that Titus suffers with, we check no, we weren't open to. Um, mm. Because, you know, we were like, well, we're in ministry, we're pastors, we're leaders, we don't have time for this. Could you imagine? So you, we're checking <laughs> no, and it's almost like God is saying, hey, yeah, fill out your little checklist, see how that works out for you. Because i got a bigger plan that's, you know, bigger and better and exceedingly more abundant than your own plan and your own vision. And, and so, uh, yeah, and so we fill out all these things we check no to is exactly what our son has. And, and for the first year, honestly, we were struggling inside because there's no kind of suffering like watching your child suffer. Um, but uh, at that time, you know, now I serve, like I said, you know, serving churches and travel and speak. But at that time, I was pastoring a, a fast-growing church, and so I felt like on the outside I had to keep it all together. My wife felt that same pressure, but on the inside we were really struggling. And then about a year in uh, of him being home, we just broke, but broke in a good way, where we surrounded ourselves with good counseling, good wisdom, good advice, and we just got honest and transparent with our story. 
Um, and sometimes the best way to move forward is return back to God's basics and God's truth. And that's what we did. And it was along those lines that we just kept hearing these cliches, and sometimes we would believe them. Sometimes we knew they weren't true. And that's where um, this work came from. It's kind of the overflow of our own story and our own struggles. Um, and, and But God's still, you know, been good through it all. You know, we look at it and say, people ask us all the time, Tim, you know, hey, if you knew now, uh, what you knew, you know, if you if you knew then what you know now, would you still have adopted them? And I think we want to say yes, because we're super Christians and show the S on our chest. <laughs> but if we'd be honest, I tell people this all the time, and I, I want to be very intentional on how to say this. The people who we were seven years ago would have said, um, no, we can't do that. That's just too much. You know, 12 surgeries, no way. In and out of the hospitals, no way. Constant battles, watching him, no way. Um, but that's why God didn't consult with us, <laughs> yeah. and He knew better. And so, and I, and we're so thankful because these last six years have been by far the most difficult six years of our life, but by far the best six years of our life. And and every day, Tim, we we lay our hands on our son and we pray for his physical healing because we believe our theology holds that God could heal him with even a thought. Um, but what's interesting over these last six years that we've been praying for God to heal Titus, God has been using Titus to heal us. Mm. Uh, heal us from some uh, the idols of comfort, the idols of contentment, the idols, uh, and not contentment in a good biblical way. I'm talking about contentment in in a spiritually lazy way, uh, and I, the idols of consumerism. And uh, and man, it's been a great journey. And it's not a journey we signed up for intentionally, but I guess it was a journey we signed up for when we began to follow Jesus. Because when you put your yes on the table at salvation is the only answer you can give Jesus again. You know, for the rest of your life is yes. Shane Pruitt, our guest. The book is called Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. And uh, maybe we can wrap up our conversation. I'm going to tell you a quick story, and then you can answer with uh, with something that's part of your book. Uh, my wife and I also have five children, and their wow. age is 20 down to eight. And um, mm. our fourth child, we have two boys and three girls, and the second girl is disabled, uh, cerebral mm. palsy. Uh, yep. if, but she doesn't wow. actually officially have anything, but that's the closest. Uh, sure. And we found out um, around two or three months, and she had some seizures and mm. all kinds of stuff that you're discussing um, hits very close to home for us. And um, yeah. But the, her name, all our, my wife's Tina. I'm Tim. Our firstborn was Tim mm-hmm. Jr., and then we have Toby, mm-hmm. and then we have a girl, mm-hmm. Tessa. So when, when Tori oh, came around, I was like, we want to give her a T name, but we don't, we don't want it to be any old T name. So – was, I actually spent a lot of months praying for, for her name. And it wound up becoming um, Victoria Joy is her middle name. Wow. And the Love thing it. about her middle name is it came first. Um, mm. We couldn't figure out her first names even while she was, when she was born. And so I thought about Fruits of the Spirit and thought about the name Joy. I said, Joy's a good one. So we did that. And then, then her name settled. It was either Talitha for Talitha Kume or, um, um, or Victoria. Anyway. When I look back at that, we didn't know, but her issues started at three and a half weeks and have continued to this day. She's very got a lot of challenges. She's come a long way, but sure. she's a ton of challenges. So, sure. but I look at that and I say to my wife, you know, her middle name, the joy, came first, mm-hmm. and then the victory came second. <laughs> and and I think about how God, just like you said, took us. Uh, there's no way I would have known this path, and that God's yeah, so so right. good. So uh, just if you could speak to because you talk about it in your book about the difference of, you know, happiness versus joy. And because uh, one of the things you talk about, God just wants me to be happy. No, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, Tim, well, 
first of all, thank you for telling your story. And wow, yeah, we could probably compare a lot of notes, you know, and it's very similar. I love that they got the Lord connected us today. So first of all, thank you for telling your story. Amen. And, and yeah, you know, in, in that particular chapter of the book, you know, um, in no way am I saying God is anti-happy. What I'm addressing is the, the kind of the world's definition of happiness, uh, pursuing happiness, and uh, a happiness that's kind of built on your circumstances, this happy feeling, right? If your circumstances are right, you have this certain feeling. If your uh, circumstances aren't right, you lose that feeling. And happiness built like that can come and go with a phone call, uh, and, I, and I submit in that chapter that joy is better because joy is not built on circumstances. Joy is built on a person named Jesus. And that's why you can have the Apostle Paul sitting in a jail cell writing a letter to the church of Philippi. And in Philippians 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, why can he say that from a, a, a prison cell? Because that's not a happy scenario. The reason he can say he has joy is because Christ is with him, even in a prison cell. And so good days, joy. Difficult days, joy. Good seasons, joy. Bad seasons or difficult seasons, joy. Why? Because Christ is still with you, and he'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. Yeah, and he says it. It's not just a suggestion. Like, Yeah, that's right. A command, right? <laughs> you might want to try. So yeah. that's great. Wow. It, well, it's great to talk to you, Shane. It's great to make your acquaintance and, and hear God's work in your life. And it, I never uh, cease, you know, cease to amaze, be amazed by God's, you know, God's doing stuff for you and in and, and, and your life and with your wife and kids in Texas. And we're here in Pennsylvania and the tri-state area in New Jersey and, and all over. We talk to people each day and God's at work all over the place and he's teaching us and he's refining us. And it's, it's great to have these reminders and have these conversations because part of this whole, you know, it's a journey where each day needs some encouragement and, and people learn from each other. So, so thank you for uh, jumping on today and, and sharing about your book. And um, what would you hope people come away with? And if they, you know, people pick up the book, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe. What, is there a main hope you have for readers? Yeah, great question. And yeah, Tim, you know, I agree with everything you said. And thank you for having me on. Truly honored and humbled. Yeah, I think the big vision of the book is this, is at the end of the day, all these lies kind of spur from one lie. Uh, and it's the lie that, that Satan tempted Eve with in the garden. Uh, that God doesn't want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day you do, you can be like God. You know, and so all of these kind of center with this question, are you the center of your universe, or is Christ? Are you in control, or is Christ in control? Uh, you know, does he exist for you, or do you exist for him? And so I think walking away saying, you know what, the pressure's not on me uh, and about what I can handle, but the pressure is really about what the Lord can handle through me, and what's great is He can handle that pressure. Uh, he's really good at His job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Shane, yeah. thanks again. Uh, God bless you. Greetings to your family. Keep walking one day at a time, and hopefully we'll get a chance to connect again sometime. Hey, you too, brother. It was a true honor, man. God bless you. Amen. Shane uh, Pruitt, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe is the book, and why God's truth is infinitely better. If you'd like to win a copy, shoot me a quick text, 610-500-DOVE is the number, 610-500-3683. Just put your first and last name and the number nine in there. That'll be, that's the first, you know, in the title of the book. I'll know what it's for, and uh, we'll draw a couple of winners here, 610-500-3683, or, uh, yeah, 600-500-DOVE is the number, first and last name, and the word DOVE. Back in just a minute with more, Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com.
AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's 431, the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Forecast calling for a clear evening. Low down to 40, kind of cloudy tomorrow. High up to 59. Let's see, Phillies uh, won last night. At last check, I don't know, they were behind 6-4. I'll double check that here. I was too busy enjoying a conversation with Shane Pruitt to see what the uh, last score was with that ball game. Uh, Flyers lost 6-2 to Dallas last night. Sixers at Atlanta this evening. Uh, 7.30 tip for that. And in uh, college hoops, or in ba- uh, pro hoops, it was a kind of a special thing with the triple-double where all the uh, categories were 20 or above. 20 points, 20 rebounds, 21 assists for Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's only happened once in basketball history. Uh, Will Chamberlain did it many years ago. So that's a little quick sports update for you. I do want to let you know we have some stuff we're handing out. Oh, yeah, the Phillies are ahead 8-6. to six. <laughs> They were down, and now they're ahead. They're not going to lose. You thought I was kidding. See, Joe, you, Joe, your mouth is open. Yeah, they were down 6-4 and up 8-6. They just, you know, they're like that. It's one of those seasons. They started when they won yesterday, the Phillies. That's you know, the first time in over 100 years they've started a season 4-0. And when they did it back in 1915, they were, uh, I believe, World Series champions that year if i'm not mistaken they were in the series at least i think they won it too in any case um something we're doing there's a lot happening uh, on the station and we're excited for that we are um connected to a number of movies and we have tickets for things we're giving out and uh, one of the movies that just came out is a movie called unplanned you may have heard about this and uh, it's about a, a woman her name's abby johnson she defected from Planned Parenthood and wound up becoming a pro-life activist. And uh, the movie itself is on Pure Flicks Entertainment, which is a family-friendly label known for distributing God's Not Dead, a bunch of other movies that are basically for Christian audiences. And they tend to be PG movies, might be G, might be PG-13, but they've never had a movie rated R before until now. This movie, Unplanned, received an R rating from the MPAA. And uh, my understanding is they weren't too happy about that. They weren't aiming for that, but that's what wound up happening. And um, we're going to bring in a guest in a second. His name is Paul Bond from The Hollywood Reporter. And he um, covered this. He wrote a bunch of stories about it, and I've read a couple of them. And he's got a lot of good stuff to say to give some insight into this. So we're just going to take one short break, then we'll bring Paul into the equation from The Hollywood Reporter. And I want to let you know that if you're interested, I have a couple of tickets to AMC Theaters. You can kind of pick the one that's closest to you. There are certain ones in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. Um, either text me or email me, and I'll go through those and hand out five pair of tickets. All right? Um, so either text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Or you can email me, Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com, and I will uh, draw some winners out when the, you know, when the program's done and send some tickets your way so you can actually take them. their vouchers, and you can use them uh, as you see fit. All right, so that's coming up. We're going to get into the movie and, and know more about it, and, and especially from uh, Paul's perspective here, writer for The Hollywood Reporter. Back in a moment, Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 
437 on the Tim DeMoss Show, joined now by Paul Bond of The Hollywood Reporter regarding this movie, Unplanned. Hello, Paul. Hello, how are you? Good. Thanks for jumping on uh, on the program today. We're giving away tickets, actually, for the new movie, Unplanned, that just came out this past weekend. And uh, I know you've done a couple of pieces, at least, on that movie. Talk about, just step back for a second, the work you do with The Hollywood Reporter, and then also how you came to write these articles that we'll, that we'll get into in a minute. Yeah, The Hollywood Reporter is a world-famous magazine that covers the entertainment industry, both film and television and music. And um, so uh, I wrote about Unplanned uh, from the very beginning, uh, from the first announcement that this thing was in the works, and then from the distribution agreement, and then uh, all of the various twists and turns about the trouble they had making this movie and marketing this movie. How, how long? What was the first article you would have written about it, do you think? Was it Has it been... Uh... A year plus ago? Uh, it was probably uh, two years ago, uh, yeah. just the announcement that the thing was in the planning stages. Yeah. Okay. Well, the movie, a couple of the articles that I came across while uh, researching the movie itself as we give away these tickets, because of the R rating, some people will be like, oh, what's that all about? Especially because it's on Pure Flix Entertainment, which has never put out a movie of an R rating. It's always been GPG or PG-13. Uh, well, talk about what you found about the whole R rating and why, why it was that way. Um, yeah, the MPAA, that's the um, the lobbying organization for the film industry, and they also have the ratings board, so they are the official, uh, they give the official ratings out, and um, usually Pure Flix, their movies earn a PG or a PG-13 rating, and uh, they submitted this one to the MPAA, and their board, which consists of um, men and women who are fathers and mothers, and all live in the L.A. area. They uh, determined that uh, it was an R-rated film. Uh, there's no, you know, profanity, drug use, violence, or, or gore, or horror, you know, anything like that associated uh, with this movie, which is what you usually think of when you hear it's rated R. Yeah. But they gave it an R rating for three specific scenes that, uh, you know, involved blood because of the abortion. And one of the scenes also had uh, an image of a fetus on a uh, screen, a, a digital screen, being sucked out of the womb. And uh, the grading board found that problematic as well. But the doctor in that scene is a real doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and I spoke to that real doctor who played that doctor in that scene. And uh, he said it's uh, pretty darn accurate. That's what he sees when he does an abortion. And he did uh, more than a thousand abortions. When he was a doctor, and now he's uh, playing a doctor. We're chatting with Paul Bond of The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, wrote a number of articles on the new movie Unplanned, and as he was sharing with us a moment ago, kind of all along the way since it was announced a couple of years back. What you just said is very interesting. First of all, the doctor you mentioned, uh, who's performed over a 1,000 abortions in his lifetime, how did he even agree to be in such a film? Do you think it would be kind of the opposite of, of you know, he'd want to hide from being on film? Yeah, I didn't uh, delve into his politics, but uh, yeah. Yeah, apparently he had a change of heart, just like the uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. like the yeah. star of the movie had a change of heart. That's true. That's true. And it, and and then the irony of the whole thing, I guess, it, or just you know, talk about your as you were kind of writing this and researching it, the irony that you come across that the re the reality of what is involved in an abortion is graphic enough or disturbing enough that it warrants an R rating. But in everyday life, it's not treated like an R rating. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because when you see the movie and you see the, the blood involved, uh, you know, it, 
you know, it's only disturbing if you believe that that's, you know, a, a human being <laughs> being aborted. Yeah. So um, in, in uh, one weird way, the ratings board is acknowledging that, uh, you know, this fetus is a human being because, you know, if it was an appendicitis that they were showing, showing it wouldn't have got an R rating. <laughs> yeah. Did it, does, it's an abortion, they deemed it an R, an R. Did the MPAA, my understanding is, there's usually a reason, like rated this for because there may be some scenes like ba ba ba. What do they say about the R rating for unplanned? What the ratings board does is they talk to the filmmakers and they tell them the specific reasons. But then, uh, as far as what they tell the public, it's just uh, you know vagaries. So the vagary that they issued for the public was disturbing images or something along those lines. Hmm. Uh, they didn't specify you know which scenes disturbed them. Yeah, but just okay. All right, Paul uh, Paul Bond is our guest. The Hollywood Reporter is where he does his thing. And uh, one of the uh, columns you also wrote, which I found fascinating, because I also, just personally, I, I love music and I DJ weddings and I worked in radio and mobile DJing for 30-plus years. And so um, one of the crazy things, although I guess not so crazy when you think about it, is the fact that they uh, makers of uh, Unplanned were not able to really get any licensing going for a soundtrack. You could talk about that if you would. Yeah, the way the movie was written and planned, they were going to throw in some, you know, some songs of the era and pertaining to, you know, the scenes, and uh, they were going to be popular songs and uh, mainstream, but uh, in the end, they went with, uh, you know, original stuff, stuff that's not particularly mainstream, because they couldn't license anything that they wanted to license, all of the... Uh, major music labels just said no to them because they didn't want to be involved in a movie that attacked Planned Parenthood and that attacked abortion in general. So, um, yeah, they didn't, music labels didn't want to get uh, political or uh, controversial. And so they just said no to the money and no to allowing them to use music. Yeah. We're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. WFIL.com in Philly. The movie we're talking about with Paul Bond of The Hollywood Reporter is called Unplanned. Just came out this past weekend. And it's a true story of Abby Johnson, who defected from Planned Parenthood, became a pro-life activist. And then uh, there's a lot more to it than that. But that's kind of the nuts and bolts of it. And the soundtrack, what struck me also in in the piece that you wrote is all of the labels, whether it was Universal or Sony or uh, many others, and the variety of songs, like it didn't matter. Is it Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper? Is it the 80s uh, hit Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo? Is it Best Day of My Life by American Authors or Story of My Life by One Direction? They're all being turned down. Uh, for, didn't matter what. Do you think it's kind of, except for except for a classical piece from in like the 1800s. Well, what was the one that uh, was okay? They got clearance on? Um, Mendelssohn. Remember now, I don't have the piece in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, it was uh, you know something from the 18th century. Yeah, <laughs> so they did get to, uh, they did get permission for that, but um, wow. yeah, and, and it's not like it's a conspiracy. Like all these labels get together and say, "Hey, let's freeze this movie out." Right? No, it's just individually each label came to the same conclusion that uh, we don't want to be seen as uh, being supportive of this of this movie and uh you know in some cases i know that the actually uh the labels actually uh you know reached out to the artist and said do you want your music to be licensed for this and the artist said no so sometimes it was just the labels saying no outright and the artist never even knowing about the request and some 
cases, the artist knew about the request and said no themselves. So okay, uh, it's a combination of both. Was there a case in which, uh, did your article mention there was an artist who was okay with it, but then the label still said no? Yes. And uh, like I said, I don't have that article in front of me, so I can't remember yeah, which I'm, artist that was. I'm trying to remember. I, I didn't mention it. Yeah, it's possible I didn't mention it because they asked me not to mention it. Okay, that's fine. So I didn't name the artist. Did you learn some of the dynamic there? Like, I guess there's that may get into each individual contract between a record label and its artist about who gets to do what, who gets final say on matters like this. In a way, you would think the artist gets to decide, but the uh, label has its reputation as well. I'm sure that affects all of its artists. So they, there may be something where they both have to agree, or I don't, I don't know. Did you learn anything about that dynamic? Well, no, I didn't. I didn't delve into it. But usually, the label that controls music will license music and. The artist will just, you know, rake in the money along with the label, and uh, everything's fine yeah. until there's a controversy. Controversy, but uh, usually the artist, uh, you know, is happily unaware of all the of all the licenses going out. They're just raking in the money for it. Yeah, talking with Paul Bond uh, with the Hollywood Reporter about the new movie Unplanned. Just came out this past weekend, and it has an R rating which is very unusual for Pure Flix Entertainment. It's a family-friendly label known for movies like God's Not Dead. Uh, the film Unplanned itself tells the true story of Abby Johnson, who defected from Planned Parenthood to become a pro-life activist. And part of our conversation today has to do about the fact that the record labels really didn't want to help provide any songs for the soundtrack. In your article, you mention that uh, when it comes to the music licensing, you know, trying to kind of see if the labels would say anything. Did do you have any success with anybody really talking to you about it? Would would anybody talk with you or just very, very limited or just read the press release? No, uh, I wrote that story. I reached out to every uh, music label mentioned and all of them either said no comment or just simply ignored me. But I also saw all of the, uh, the back and forth between the filmmakers and the labels I know what the labels were turning them down for, and I know how the filmmakers were trying to uh, talk their way into licensing this stuff. Yeah. I can imagine they would want to take more of a um, less is more approach and just we'd rather not talk about it. It's a sensitive thing and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, they didn't want to talk about it to the press, but of course they had to talk about it to the people that were trying to license the music. So they had to come up with a reason not to license the music. Uh, for this movie, and the reason they came, the reasons they gave the filmmakers were uh, no, we don't wade into politics, or we don't, uh, you know, want the controversy, or um, you know, uh, you are declined due to the subject matter, you know, emails like that. Yeah. So they were always very vague about why they didn't want to license their music to the filmmakers, but it was basically because of the content of the film. Yeah, and you as a journalist, I'm sure you're used to having to, you know, well, if I bump into a corner here, I have to go this direction. You're not going to always get yeah. <laughs> what you want, right? Yeah, where. yeah. Well, well as, a, as a journalist, you know, I want to I, I want to give everybody their chance to respond, and uh, yeah. if they don't respond, sometimes, uh, you know, if I'm writing a story that they think is going to reflect neg- negatively on them, like the labels were thinking this story is going to reflect negatively on us, so if I just don't talk to the reporter, he'll just table the story and it'll never get written. Hmm. But, uh, you know, that's usually a, a false premise. Just because they don't talk to me doesn't mean I'm not going to write the story. Yeah. I still have all my facts. 
Well, and you seem like a very even tempered person that uh, over time, uh, if you had a rapport with you know people get to know you like, OK, well, Paul's going to give us a fair shake. I'll, I'll talk to him. You know, I bet there are times where that that can come into play in your favor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are certain people in Hollywood that come to me all the time first whenever they hear of a new story that, uh, you know, we would be interested in, that journalists in general would be interested in. They'll yeah. come to me and they'll feed me the information because they trust me and they know that I'm going to seek both sides of every issue and other reporters will be fairly one-sided in their reporting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's great. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, clarifying that. I, I, that's that's what I was wondering, the idea of just even letting the labels say, okay, well, you'd like to, because the articles you wrote are, you know, factual, and they look appear, like, but but there's not a lot of the label talking, but I can kind of guess why, and, and you want to give them a chance. Do you have something you want to say? Uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm all ears. So. I was all ears. They just refused to say anything <laughs> on the record to me. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Paul Baum with The Hollywood Reporter, our guest. A brief break. If you want to win a couple tickets to see Unplanned, send me a quick text or email to Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com, or text 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. We'll wrap up our conversation with Paul in just a couple moments here on AM560 WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.53 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Continue our conversation with Paul Bond of The Hollywood Reporter. We're talking about the movie Unplanned, which uh, put up by Pure Flix Entertainment, telling the true story of Abby Johnson, who defected from Planned Parenthood to become a pro-life activist. They did not want the R movie uh, rating, right? They weren't looking for that. Yes, they wrote uh, a very stern letter to the MPAA uh, objecting to get R rating. What they did not do is officially protest it and ask for uh, a review because they thought that that would um, delay the opening of the movie if they were still awaiting uh, you know an official MPAA rating because if you're if you don't have a movie rated it's hard to book theaters so they didn't officially protest it all they did was uh, send a very strong letter to the MPAA saying you know this is ridiculous uh, this is not an R-rated movie and uh, accused them of bias against the theme of the movie and complaining that it was going to be harder to market the movie because, you know, they're, they're trying to market this movie to Christians, and Christians sometimes just say, oh, if it's R-rated, I, I have no interest in taking my family to an R-rated movie. So it's harder to market an R-rated film. Yeah. So they, they think that that was a goal of the NPAA, was to make it harder to market this film, given that it is anti-abortion and anti-plant parenthood. And in fact, when they went to some networks to advertise this movie, some Christian networks said, no, we don't advertise R-rated movies. Man. So um, They were in a weird right. spot, you know? It's hard to market. Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy spot to be, and they're trying to – and even uh, to say – and then you mentioned it's an you know, anti-Planned uh, Parenthood meeting, uh, movie. I, I know what you mean by that, that it, it doesn't paint them in a good light, but they're not out to – I'm guessing they're not, not out to – directly attack Planned Parenthood. They're really just out to tell the story about what abortion, you know, tell, tell Abby Johnson's story. It is what it is. Do you want her to apologize for it or what? You know, just from your your perspective as you write for The Hollywood Reporter, is it designed to be just kind of investigative? Here's what I found and here's what it was. Let you draw your own conclusions from it? Well, you know, we cover every angle of the film and TV industry. 
and um, you know, Christian films are are a genre that we cover along with every other genre, and we like the, to cover uh, you know controversies as well. And this movie was uh, controversial from the get-go. Um, you know, Planned Parenthood issued a, a, a statement uh, claiming that there's a bunch of falsehoods in the movie, and uh, you know, Twitter even uh, took down the official Twitter account of Unplanned for about an hour wow. on. Uh, I think it was the day the movie opened, and then and then quickly put it back up, saying that it was just a mistake that they took down their Twitter account. And uh, you know, networks have been uh, refusing to uh, to air commercials; they want to buy commercial time. And um, uh, like HGTV and Discovery Networks and um, USA Network uh, and a bunch of other networks just said, "No, we don't want to sell you airtime to advertise this movie." So it, it's been controversial. In a lot of different ways, and therefore, uh, you know, I've been covering it. I don't like what I do. I cover controversies in the film and TV industry. With it, while remaining objective, so to speak, right? You're just kind of presenting the facts compared to making it a, an opinion piece, let's put it that way, directly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, we do have opinion writers, but I'm not one of them. I just cover news. So uh, my stories are fact-based, and I try to give every side their uh, say-so. So I try to quote the filmmakers verbatim, I quote Planned Parenthood verbatim, I quote, quote the MPAA verbatim, and I will let all sides speak for themselves <laughs> and just uh, lay out the story and let uh, the chips fall where they may and let people decide for themselves. That's interesting. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, dynamic to you know for you. I'm sure there are times you would like to say, by the way, <laughs> I find this, you know, whatever. If it were up to me, I find this to be outrageous. Yeah, Snark, snarky <laughs> comment in parentheses or something like, "Yeah, right." So, how long have you been sure. with the Hollywood Reporter for? You've been doing it for a while. Yeah, in general, it'll be twenty twenty years. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> Has it all been in, in one main area as far as like film, TV? I was uh, hired twenty years ago to cover business, and after about the second week on the job, they also told me to cover politics because I broke a big political story my second week there. And uh, so the editor-in-chief of the paper said, you know what, uh, that's also your beat. So now I'm business and politics for the last 20 years. Wow. That's great. And this falls under the business side? Of, well, kind of falls under both in a lot of ways, I guess. Yeah, it does fall under both. Yeah. Absolutely. Paul, thanks for being gracious to take your time uh, t- time with us today. And if folks want to look you up uh, on The Hollywood Reporter, can they go to the thehollywoodreporter.com and type your name in, or what's the best way? No, sure. Just uh, read any story I've written, and at the very bottom, it's got my email there. Okay. That's very good. Paul, thanks so much again. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, sir. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. It's Paul Bond, B-O-N-D. The Hollywood Reporter is where you can find his stuff. He's written a number of articles the past couple of years on this new movie, Unplanned, came out this past weekend, including why it has an R rating. If you'd like a couple of tickets, I have a few pair to do. Text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683, or email Timmy D, T-I-M-M-Y-D, at WFIL.com. Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.